Welcome to the Resources for Integrated Care webinar, Organizational Buy-in, Making Member Engagement a Top Priority. This podcast is excerpted from a webinar presented live on September 7, 2017. In this podcast, Michelle Bensingham-Purrington, Vice President of MLTSS and Medicare Medicaid Plans of Molina Health, discusses supporting and investing in member engagement. Just briefly, a little bit about Molina. Um, We actually operate managed care programs in 12 states in the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico, serving over 4.8 million members um, throughout that that footprint. Um, Approximately 236,000 of those members actually have functional needs and are served through programs with long-term services and supports in nine different states. And um, the majority of that population, well over 100,000, are actually eligible for both Medicare and Medicaid. Molina was founded by an emergency room doctor more than 35 years ago, and interestingly, it was a direct result of patients coming into the ER um, for for circumstances that were really preventable, and when he asked, already the theme of member engagement, why, and really dug into why they were appearing in the ER, what he learned is that there were cultural and um, other barriers that were more socially than medically based. So right away our founder understood the importance of addressing social determinants of health and how those things affect um, medical spend and overall health care costs. Next slide, please. Like our, uh, like my colleagues that have presented before, um, Molina has a very, very similar member engagement structure, formalized advisory committees. Additionally, uh, and some of those are Molina sponsored, and others are collaboratives, um, as was being described by Roger, and we are very, very appreciative of the collaboration with IEHP um, in California. Additionally, there are other forms that we engage in, such as focus groups, uh, particularly when we're interested in drilling down on specific events. And then there are other sources of member feedback and engagement that come in the ways of surveys, um, some of which are um, offered and, and administered at a federal level and others at a state level and others that we administer ourselves. We partner with advocacy groups and community organizations to solicit feedback directly and indirectly as well. What we're demonstrating on uh, the slide on the screen, slide 39, is the formalized process that we use at Molina. You've heard a lot about different ways uh, and best practices for engaging members in the community to get their feedback. One of the chief things we hear from all our advisory committees is we talk, we talk, we talk, but tell us what you've done about it. So we instituted a very formalized process to make sure that we were holding ourselves accountable to getting information back to the members that are giving us such valued feedback. So it starts with how we engage both directly and indirectly, as I've described. It's about, and Roger touched upon this, and Dr. Masters did as well, supporting the members that we serve, the people in getting there and participating. And in addition to transportation, things we heard were childcare, I want my caregiver engaged. Um, I get hungry. This is taking a long time. So we deployed different strategies and solutions for addressing those barriers and issues so we could increase our participation. 
The other thing is the feedback. We have to hear. We have to repeat back. This is what we're hearing. Get agreement. And it's not just about hearing. It's also about soliciting solutions. Who better to solve problems than the folks who have the needs? So we made feedback from and to the, the members and beneficiaries we serve a primary focus. And then finally, action. Um, are you going to take action and what are you going to do about it? So this very formalized feedback process needs a champion. So within Molina, we have since our inception dedicated uh, what we call member engagement or community member engagement teams led by a leader locally that actually reports up to our parent organization. So there's visibility not only in engagement locally, but the feedback actually has a direct line to our parent company um, because it's that important. It needs to permeate our entire organization. That community engagement leader has staff that supports them at a very local level, and those people are feet on the street interacting at churches and community-based organizations and at stakeholder meetings and, and really uh, getting out there and outreaching directly to those we serve. And then finally, we believe that there needs to be um, engagement at our executive level too. Keep us close to the members we serve. So the member engagement leader reports back to every one of our health plan senior leadership team. So there's that constant and continual feedback loop and the member's voice is always heard. Next slide, please. I'd like to touch upon something that, that uh, we haven't talked about yet. And then it's the need to flex and change. So when Molina was founded in 1980, all the way up through 2004, the low-income populations that we served through the healthcare system were predominantly families, younger, um, healthier populations. And by 2005, we saw a shift. And although um, we saw a shift to older Americans, um, people with disabilities, and people with functional limitations. And a great percentage of those folks um, actually are served through both Medicare and Medicaid. So one of the things we started hearing back from our member engagement teams is as we engaged people who are older, disabled, or have functional needs, their needs and priorities were different from what we were hearing from the families and, and children um, members. And so we stepped back and we said, well, how different and do we need to have some special focus and attention? And what we heard is a resounding yes. So as we go to the next slide, what we heard as suggestions actually were going to require some investment because one of the primary things we heard from the members directly and the advocates that often um, help provide a voice for, for these types of populations is that we, your folks, we want all people that work at your healthcare company to hear and understand our priorities. And we stepped back and said, how can we make this meaningful? How can we make sure that the person who is um, an accountant in our company really understands what our members need and want? And that's driving what they do every day. So they understand the correlation with, between the work they do and how that's improving healthcare and outcomes and access for those we serve. So as we had this dialogue at the senior level of our parent company and with each of our health plan executives, and we paralleled 
the voice of the member and their desires and their recommendations that we get more in touch with um, our evolving older uh, disabled and uh, populations with functional needs we, we paralleled it to our own mission, vision, and values. And the company decided to further invest in our already robust member engagement structure. We could go to the next slide. What we decided we needed to do based upon member feedback is really look at how we're engaging our members, um, how we train folks internally and communicate with different words and different priorities to make sure all the populations we serve are represented, not just the younger, healthier populations. We needed to look at reporting analytics and outcomes and really shift from a medical-oriented model to including a more holistic approach. And then finally, there were different needs of our program services at value-added um, services that we offer. This evolving and newer population for us wanted to see different things from us. If we could go to the next slide. So with member engagement, my colleagues have already hit upon so many of the best practices, providing alternative media for people to participate not only in person but via teleconference or Skype-like technology so we could engage more members, even members that may be homebound. We talked about um, having special um, sessions and groups to attack uh, specific problems and needs. And some of the things that we uh, were resulted from that were Melina, you need to focus more on housing solutions, food security, uh, less confusion, make it easier for us to access. We don't want it to be different from one health plan to another. If we could go to the next slide. The other thing we needed to do is focus on training and communications. Um, so we really took to heart the lesson of what is important to me is to be engaged in my community, to be able to live independently, to be empowered, um, and we want to be educated and make our own choices. We don't want a medical solution dictated to us. So we actually embarked upon training that was uh, issued across the entire company, and we called it the MLTSS, State of Mind. We, let, we filmed members that um, provided permission to do so and let them tell their story, and so it really resonated throughout the organization. We also um, took member feedback to focus our public policy initiatives and advocacies and really provide their voice through our missions and what we were advocating for at the, both the federal and state levels on their behalf. Next slide. We revamped our reporting and analytics. We stopped just looking at, we, we continued to look at overall healthcare costs because that's what we were responsible for, but we started looking at other things as well. Uh, Member satisfaction was always one of our metrics, but we started looking at um, how do people feel about their care coordinator? Are they feeling empowered in their, their health care? Have they met their goals that they set? Um, we started looking at transitions from institutions to community and institutional diversion or being uh, empowering people to remain in a community-based setting versus uh, being institutionalized. And we, we cascaded that through not not only our quality organizations, but our financial and outcomes. So it became more than just um, what is the ER emergency room utilization or the hospitalization rates. We took a more holistic approach. Next slide. 
The other way we enhanced with the member voice is we really looked at our, our programs and pro um, products and operations. We looked at the value-added services that we offer through Medicaid and through our dual integration programs, and we looked at hearing. We heard hearing benefits, vision benefits, enhanced transportation, all big priorities. We want more support for the caregivers that support us and empower and enable us to continue to live independently. So we made these investments, and we also started partnerships with housing um, community housing organizations that would really help us, again, continue to enable people to live independently in the community and those who were in institutions and desired to transition out to do so safely. And we changed the way we measure and report back to our, our members to help them understand, here's what we heard, here's what we've done, and here's what we're seeing. What's next and where do we need to tweak? If we could go to the next slide. So the Highlights and Successes page are really very Molina internally focused because I've already covered for you those things that directly impacted the member. But the reason I wanted to focus on the Highlights and Successes that were more what did Molina do, it, because it takes money, time, and resources to really meet the member's needs and to have their voice be hear, heard. And we had to evolve that. Even though we had a strong culture of member engagement, community activism, over time, as the populations we serve change, we had to take stock and change too. So investing in resources that are from the community, who are experts and manage long-term services and supports, a social medical model, these are things that took time investment in our organization and have served our members well. Um, we enhanced our local member engagement teams. We started looking at our community-based organizations and our relationships with them a little differently. They weren't just our partners in reaching our members. They now actually started providing additional services, some of which we pay for, so that we could, um, at a local level, better meet members' needs. And then finally, we actually invested in an expanded um, volunteer time off program so that we could support even more of our Molina employees in engaging in community events um, and in engaging with and supporting and serving our members. We already do that. Now we additionally um, provide payment to our employees who go above and beyond and volunteer. Thank you for listening. This podcast is presented by the Lewin Group and is supported through the Medicare-Medicaid Coordination Office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. MMCO is dedicated to ensuring beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes the full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated, coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovation and care models. To learn more about the current efforts and resources, please visit our website or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at integrate underscore care.